This is Jack. This is the big M. This is the little R. This is the Mr. Z. Well, gents, let's get it on. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks for listening to It's a Guy Thing podcast. This is Michael, Mario, and Rick. We are joining you. We have a special guest in town from the overseas, Mr. Jack. Welcome, Jack. All right, guys. Welcome. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you for bringing me on the board here. Uh, actually, this uh, feels like a little Pirate's Cove, a little pirate radio action. Uh, I'll uh, <laughs> nice. pump up the volume, you know, a little O to Christian Slater out there at Happy Harry Heart on <laughs> High School. <laughs> Who doesn't love it? That's and, awesome. Uh, That's awesome. I'm enjoying, uh, you know, spending some time and looking forward to what kind of tangent we can go off on tonight. Well, it's nice to have you we back, love man. Tangents. Yeah, we we, love we don't really stay on on topic too often, but uh, it's nice to have you back, man. And um, you know, uh, Charles and I've Charles Rick here and I have known you for twenty plus already, so uh, we get you back about once a year probably, and uh, it's, it's always a always a blast. So we look forward to seeing what you got for us today. So. Um, First thing, what's the uh, what's the hot topic? The hot topic for this podcast at the moment is the um, unveiling of the uh, oh, Terminator Genesis. Genesis. So Terminator's got you more fired up than the new Star Wars trailer. You're more. Uh, yeah, I think so. Because the, the Star Wars trailer, I was just excited. It looks fun. It looks sure. awesome. Yeah. But the Terminator looks like nonsense. Looks like abs- I hope I'm wrong. I don't think I'll I don't be think wrong. wrong. It looks like absolute <laughs> nonsense, especially because it very consciously, very like almost vindictively uh, like steals scenes and like wholesale lines from the original movies. Well, that's what you can do recycle. if you go back to the past. You can apparently steal everything except but, for the actors. Well, you remember one of God the forbid, one of our earliest um, one of our early podcast episodes we talked about time travel and our favorite time travel <laughs> movies and all that. Yeah, this doesn't count Already, this to is me. One of our least favorite to me, but this doesn't even count. Like well, you're, it's not even it's time a, it's travel. An alternate reality movie. Yeah, and and no, I think when yeah. you saw J.J. Abrams do it with that with the Star Trek reboots, he made it okay, you know, and brought yeah. Le- Leonard Nimoy back and all that stuff, and, and that was fine. You know, I I've never been a huge Star Trek guy anyway, but those movies, the new ones for me, were were kind of fun. It was a new modern way to to get into the the lore, but the fact of the matter is like. If I was a hardcore fan, how would I feel about like starting over and yeah. nullifying all the previous plot lines or whatever? I don't know. It it seems to be something that would be kind of a... Uh, and that's kind of what's happening now. It's like, oh, we're completely out of ideas. Oh. We don't know what to do anymore. But, so the thing is, is let's what? go backward and get Schwarzenegger back in. But it's yeah, not why? even the hardcore fans that are pissed off. It's everybody that's actually viewed it. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, that's it. Nobody, nobody like, if, even if you are a hard, hardcore fan, which I would say that I was a huge Terminator fan. Terminator 2 was my favorite, loved it. Terminator 3, not so much. Terminator 4, not so much. Terminator 12, wherever we're at now, I don't even know anymore. I don't care anymore. But, like, this one? Fuck. It just looked like a cluster. Well, I mean, I think... I don't know how you expect people to take it seriously when you show him, like, with the gray hair, <laughs> jumping out of the helicopter, and he's, like, flying through, like... I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense, and it's stupid. And the fact... We, we talked about this, because they're... The basic premise as far as we know is that like at some point in time the terminators even though people they destroyed the time machine supposedly 
the one and the only time it was used, right? Or twice, I guess, the second time it was used for the purpose of no one ever being able to go back. The entire first movie is kind of based on that, the, like the futility of, of Kyle Reese's mission, him saying, it's just him and me, no one else comes through, and we don't go back. And that's it. Like, it's supposed to, like, kind of cut off all the chains of alternate timelines and right. alternate realities and right. any further time travel. And they still break that and go, well, they still got to live through it and learn from the mistake, so they sent a Terminator back in time further than that to not just kill her the day before, not just change the plan, not just look up her directly. So that's the thing. The, the mistake they made in the first movie was that for some reason they didn't know which Sarah Connor it was. There was multiple Sarah Connors because of the middle initials. So he had to systematically look through the yellow or the white pages, killing all the Sarah Connors. For some reason they didn't know which one she was or where she lived. They just knew she lived in L.A. and her general age. And even right. then they didn't because they killed all women too. So all they could have had to have done was go back and go, now we know which one she is. We know where she lives. We know where she works. We know her scooter. Simplifies everything. Yeah, and Done. just kill her like five minutes earlier. The other Terminator should have got there before him, right? Right. Before he showed up to kill her, it would have been like, I already fucking killed her, dude. Thanks for nothing. You know, like, and then they would have been stuck there. That's the kind of shit, like, make a TV show of just all the stupid variations of that Indefinite. Just go yeah, back exactly. further and further back in time. Just okay, we're more advanced now. If evolution has taken place, I'm gonna go back a thousand years. Yeah, we're gonna go back to the, <laughs> exactly. the dinosaurs. Exactly. You came from the dinosaurs, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's like they go back and they killed her parents because they were trying well, to kill her. Well, that's the next one is that they send a Terminator back to the 1300s. There you go. And it's her great 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 great. Exactly. Now it's like Back yeah. to the Future three yeah, exactly. styling. That, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> yeah. And then of course, if they go back and kill her great-grandparents, she never existed, so they never had someone to send back. So how did yeah. they send them to begin with? Paradox! Uh, yeah. well, infinite J-loop! Exactly, because <laughs> that's the thing they mess with, too, is, like, if they had sent somebody else back, would it have been the same John Connor? And I mean, like, it's even, like, it seems like in making all these movies, they're almost mocking that because every movie has had a different John Connor. So it's like they're kind of fulfilling that prophecy yeah. of like it doesn't matter because they keep changing the fucking story every time it suits somebody, every time they go the wrong direction or fail. You know, it's kind of the movies have become a metaphor for trying to make a good Terminator movie, which is you should but, make a movie about making the movie. But okay, so so talking about this new one, it seems that it's basically uh, we're sending Kyle back, and Kyle gets there, and Sarah's like, we already took care of this shit, bitch. You know, I'm I'm your I'm your mama. Right. You know, I'm going to get up, soldiers, you know, right. like right off the bat. She's like ready to kick his ass. I'm like, how does that even? And then a T-1000 back then. Right. In Sarah's time. And what was that, the 80s? Yeah. Early 80s, late 70s? But how old is she supposed to be? Because that Game of Thrones chick looks like eight in the trailer. She looks like a yeah. little kid. I know yeah. she's probably in her 20s, but that girl looks no, like they're... 15. So that's what. And is the movie set in the 80s? Or when is the movie set? It looks like it's uh, set in the eighties because the the alleyway is supposed to mirror the the, the Michael Bean. No, oh, that's right, because he, yeah. he gets the same. And the cop cars are old school. The cop cars are eighties cop cars. So I bet you they're gonna cheat that because that's probably too much work to make an entire movie that look exactly like the eighties. So they're gonna cheat around that and be like, right. we just did one scene. Well, do you think things changed? Like, oh, well, because the Terminator came back, other stuff changed. But like, it no, because he's not supposed changed. to be um, part of society, like in a exposed way. He's supposed to be living among us as a human guy. Yeah. That way he goes undetected. Which the other but question- meanwhile, like ten minutes into Kyle getting there, everything's already blown up, right? Is that is that the general? 
consensus? Like everything's getting destroyed immediately? Because, um, yeah. But is <laughs> it like is it like Bill and Ted's, which has been like at this point talked about as being actually doing time travel right in a lot of ways. But at the same time, they figure something out in Bill and Ted's, which is the, if you think about doing something, it already happened in the future because you like, hey, I'm going to move this here instead of here. And then in the future, it already happened. Like just by thinking of it, you're changing the timeline. Right. So in the Terminator, is that the same thing? Now, as these things happen, are they changing the future enough that the people in the future already know? Or is, does it have to wait till it catches up, you know, 20 years or however long it is? Because if that's the case, like you said, like you would have basically Terminators fucking spilling out and Kyle Reese continuing to spill out. Right? Right. Because if it happens previous to the first movie, at some point, Kyle Reese is still going to come back anyways because from the previous timeline, they don't know that this has happened yet, right? So he comes back, but it would still... Well, see, this is a callback to our episode two. So everybody needs to stop listening to this one right now, re-download episode two and listen to that and talk about (laughs) time travel. Here's the thing. Are you going back within your own timeline? Are you jumping uh, to a different timeline? A different dimension? We can't even do that. We can't even... Because then it's like... But that's what they're going to do. It's infinite and then it becomes infinite. Exactly. Then it's pointless. And it's pointless. It's soulless. But that's what they're going to do. And like you said, they're proving it by Kyle being different every single time. It's pointless. And what about the audience we're talking about here? I mean, what is this movie targeting? Is it targeting the mid-30s, late-30s crowd that remembered being a kid watching the first one? That's a great one? question, because you who know, cares? Like, if you, if the you're young not, people won't care. Yeah. who They don't even care about Arnold Schwarzenegger. To them, yeah. he's the guy from The Expendables, right. not from <laughs> Sabotage. The yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's a great question, and that, that begs to... I think it's targeted to anybody who's bored, has money, they might and has two hours it. to just knock out. Just blow it. Yeah. Hey, why not? Pretty know. much, because, I mean... I I don't know. I'm not gonna. Cause, I'm gonna download it. I'm gonna other, download that shit. When it, uh, I'm not gonna watch it at the theater. You I'm are Skynet. I might even download a cam version because I just don't care that much. Yeah, I was watching a movie yesterday, and at the end of the credits, it made me think of you. Actually, it was uh, it was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I just watched. Oh yeah, it. I haven't seen it. Yet. And see, this is the kind of consumer I am. I not that I have lots of um, disposable income, but I wanted to see it when it came out at the theater. Mm-hmm. Right, I didn't get a chance. Well, the other day I went to the store and I wanted to watch it. And I could wait for Redbox. It's not a Redbox yet, I don't think. It might be now. But I went to Best Buy and it was eleven ninety nine. And I said, you know what? I haven't seen it. That's not bad. I usually have a pretty good intuition about movies I like. Not to say movies everybody likes, but movies I like. Right. So I'm like, I'm just going to buy it. So it's worth the $11. Right. Exactly. Because if I went to the movie theater, it would cost $10 to watch it one time. Yeah. So if it's even a decent enough movie to watch twice, I'm actually in a sense, profiting from it, right? right? I'm getting double more my value. Money. Yeah, more yeah. value of it. You know what I mean? So anyways, my point was, at the end of the credits, there's a statement, and it's like, just so you know, Mario, <laughs> over hundreds of thousands it. of man and labor hours were put into making of this movie. Hundreds of hundreds and thousands of jobs were created because of this movie. And, and the even the janitor and- is involved in making this movie make more than you. So go ahead and but that's not the it illegally. You, you can't, like hate on a movie because people are making having jobs because of it no 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 i don't i don't well, hate you guys on the movie. are making money and i'm not so fuck your movie <laughs> i don't hate on the movie because just... if everybody did that then they wouldn't have jobs but not no everybody does movies. that not everybody does that so it's okay well this could go off into a ridiculous oh, tension and the whole nature and of sustainable <laughs> economic yeah, development no, hey, I, you know. I mean i am not what is am the not gross the majority, domestic so product of ghana haven't we figured this out we've already talked about this in length five right at length you want the world to be Ghana. I want the world to be Texas. God. Anyways, Terminator. 
Yep. <laughs> so it looks like shit. Gonna be fun. Can't wait to have be you, there. Have you watched the trailer yet? No. It's you should watch oh. it. We should have pre-watched it. Yeah, we should have pre-watched but, it. But, but you know, going back on just you know the general likability of tournament movies, mm-hmm. I haven't watched the last two. Yeah, you know, I, after it got to the, I think the I one did. The, the third the, one, I guess. The I rise guess of the third machines. One, I actually watched that one. Yeah, with you the know? Boobs. Yeah, she was hot. Yeah, but uh, after that, she's like, who cares? Yeah, I mean, that's stop, that's the general mattering. attitude that I've had. Yeah, yeah. it stopped meaning anything. Yeah. Unfortunately, Michael, any other thoughts on that? Um, I mean, like I said, it's just the whole the whole thing of rewriting rewriting a, a story for the sake of putting out more movies. You know, since you and I were in high school, Rick, you know, we've talked about, man, how awesome would it be to see the, the war and all yeah. that. And it just seemed like all the mo- the filmmakers after part two kept chickening out. Yeah. And now they're finally, someone's finally ready to attack it, but not in the way I envisioned it, where they're going to try to invalidate. Even the trailer's like, everything's been reset. Like... Mm. Well, good. I guess I don't need to rewatch one and two anymore. They're completely yeah. useless. Pissing on, piss on your childhood. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, this this whole cop-out, this whole new cop-out reset the timeline reboot thing is... I, I just It's kind of disappointing that that's the generation we are living in. We are, we're aging into the whole... The creativity era of the 80s and 90s is over, and now we're just in the rehash. I mean, it's real. We've always joked about that. Like, they would never do it, so it was kind of a joke, and now it's happening right in front of us. Almost as if they were spying on our conversations and downloading knew, our podcast. They knew they knew <laughs> that this would be the stupidest yeah. thing to do. Yeah, that obviously is going to draw the most attention. So, so what was and the, the sad and, and the saddest part about it is I'll be there. I'll, oh, I'll I will, I will be there to be watch it. You, yeah, no one else will the see it. yeah, I will be yes. there. Of course so I will. What does that say about what does that say about me? Like I'm I mean, a sucker. Exactly. Exactly. Well, just because I don't want to see you guys torture by yourselves, I will go with you if you would like. There you and go. I will pay for my ticket. You will pay for our tickets. No, my ticket. I will open the exit the door and sneak you in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's going to bring in his uh, high def, his high D, his high V. I'm going to set up two GoPros. Down, to, I'm, I'm filming this in 3D. <laughs> well, the two GoPros set up. So, the, real quick, the ridic- one, of the, one of the ridiculous things in the trailer is Schwar- Schwartz and right his son just got miley cyrus pregnant by the way oh is that congrats real? to him wow real, way to go that, guy that was on yahoo earlier it must be true so oh, miley's God. the was she uh was she a housemaid as well <laughs> libel <Went> there. <laughs> um, <laughs> deleting the last two seconds nemesis enforcer <laughs> no but like so in in the trailer obviously that they talked about like he's he's he raised sarah connor for some reason he grew old right so that, and they're gonna because well, the some, organics but they're but so that's my point but <clears throat> there's a point in the trailer where they show him looking normal which means that's what i'm saying they're well, gonna, they they're, show him looking young too that's what i mean normal like as, well, a normal normal. Terminator. As a normal Terminator. As a normal younger version of himself. No, but I'm saying is the Terminator only looks like one thing. Like that particular, like Sergeant Candy. Yes, they use Sergeant right. Candy right. as the mold for the T-800, right? So no matter what, it should always look like that. So when they show it in the trailer initially, and they cut it with the footage from uh, from the original really badly, and it looks like he kills himself is what it looks yeah. like. So... Um, and then they flash forward, so that's what's going to happen. The movie's going to start in the 80s, and they're going to be like, oh, it's 2014 now, right. because they want to get around that. But they show him in the helicopter, and he's got the full fucking gray hair, Yeah. which I told Michael, this is complete <clears throat> bullshit, because the, the T-800s, right, were not built for that. They were only, they were built, they're just built on the skeleton of all the soldiers, right, all the robots, right? Mm-hmm. The only reason they put the human 
shit on top of them is to infiltrate, to assassinate people. There's no reason for them to have to look like humans other than to infiltrate and assassinate people. There's no other reason. Right. So my assumption is the flesh, the biomaterial isn't made to last forever. Because even in the first movie, you see him when he gets shot in the face, it peels away. He has yeah. to go and peel off all of the, the fucking skin. Yeah. So there's no like healing. It doesn't heal itself. And if it doesn't heal itself, I'm become more human. Right. I I assume it's not going to age if it doesn't heal. Well, I mean, like if somebody's eye blew off, it's not going to heal like properly that way, you know. And yeah, but he like, only it, had it till just, the end of the just, movie. No, so but it's just, just like a little, little layer chips. of skin. Yeah, but yeah, like well, in in RoboCop, like they justify that RoboCop's got like an organic face for the humanity's mm-hmm. sake of his presentation and he has to maintain it by eating that Gerber baby, that food, baby food stuff <laughs> like bad, every cu- every couple of hours or whatever so that he doesn't like decompose <laughs> I keep it alive right yeah. so <laughs> th- none of that was established in the terminator where you see the <laughs> skeleton munch stuff so cuz that cuz that face never makes it through 2 hours right how is he going to make it through 20 years <laughs> i mean every movie he's got the fucking <laughs> fucking uh, in um I He's don't know why you cry. They're like smashing his fucking head in, and yeah. his entire face is like. And then off. in like, Salvation, in Salvation, when he makes the cameo, he only gets to look like old Arnold for like two seconds, and <laughs> he's on fire. And it's that they didn't even let it happen yeah. for that way. He wouldn't stare at the what, face too long. What they should have yeah. sent back is the original. I forget what they're called, but the the. The model before the Arnolds, before the T eight hundreds. Oh, the gross ones. The, the ones the... with the skin. The rubber skin is like the rubber skin. You can see them a mile away. Like, I want to see that motherfucker with the. Oh, I'm here to kill you. Like, I want to see that fucking guy. That sounds like a terrible B movie in the making. <laughs> yeah. It's like that means Rob Zombie will do it like, next month. It would be like it would be like fucking uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black. He's like, sugar water. He's wearing an Eggert suit. <laughs> All right, man. Well, okay. that's awesome. Go see the theaters. It's coming out next year. You'll yeah, love yeah. it. Um, oh, shameless plug. Oh so in, in having our, our guest Jack here, um, I guess maybe um, tell us some stuff, Jack, that you're um, immersed in of, uh, you know, obviously just completely segueing out of, you know, that was just kind of our gripe. <laughs> Jack to, works to in uh, Cyberdyne. But, uh, Cybernetics. You know, a uh, fictional institution of fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> In the, brother is Miles Dyson. In the spirit of grab bag, man, like what's some uh, what's some stuff you've been up to or things that's uh, what's on your mind? Well, no, we can segue. Actually, we can have a nice little segue if we talk some social commentary Ooh. taken out of Terminator and see, you know, if we I can like one that. Let's some do it. Of our tangents Are we going to get intellectual now? We uh, might. We might. Nice. Mario, you can take a break. We needed this. Oh! oh. No. Just what you thought. Let me text you and I'll let you text back sexy. for an hour. <laughs> He's in a sex to you. But, you know, the uh, the Ooh. whole Skynet, the, uh, you know, the, the gadgetry, the social media, you know, all those things that are happening nowadays. You know, it was interesting the other day. Um, speaking of going to the movies, you know, I, I, I've i got a nine-year-old daughter, so I took her to watch a movie on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I chose Citizen Four. So I don't know if any of you have heard of that, but that? basically, uh, you know, Snowden's whole story out there, oh, okay, leaking okay, files yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah. So one of the uh, journalists or media personnel he contacted was a filmmaker named uh, Laura Poitras, who makes documentaries about, you know, I wouldn't call it anti-establishment, but basically, you know, a leftist perspective of what's going on in the world. So uh, you've got one movie, I think it's called My Country, My Country, about Iraqi things mm-hmm. going on. So... You know, she gets in with Snowden. She's there at the very beginning. You know, there was a journalist that interviewed Snowden at the very beginning in Hong Kong. This has been last year. 
filmmakers there the whole time documenting that initial interaction between Snowden and the outside world. <laughs> so a year later, that comes out as a documentary movie. It's been released. And, uh, you know, I told my nine-year-old daughter, we're going to go watch a movie. <laughs> nice. What are we going to watch? Citizen Four. What's that? Well, you'll see. You'll see. It's like Big Hero 6, except not. <laughs> except it's minus two. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I figured there was going to be some antsiness. You know, young kids want to see cartoons or animation or, you know, things yeah. that are cool. But, uh, you know, given how much of our uh, new generation is plugged in and wired in and gadgetry, she's in fourth grade. Can you imagine being in fourth grade? Yeah. And, that's all you do is your YouTube, your Skype, your videos, yeah, whatever. Could, it's, it's complete I content. I couldn't pee straight in fourth grade. It's ridiculous what they're Still doing can. these days. Yeah. So here we go. We go to it. And uh, sure enough, you know, she's doing typical young kid thing. Got to go to the bathroom every five minutes. But all that aside, after the movie, you know, she's telling grandma, she's telling mommy, yeah, I watched a pretty cool movie with dad today. Nice. You know, because some of the things are sinking in. You know, yeah. there's some specific thematic blasts that occur out there. And for the music junkies, Nine Inch Nails, uh, some songs from Ghosts are nice. featured on the really? soundtrack. Nice. That's so awesome. Check wow. that out. That's wow. that's awesome. But, you wow. know, it's it's just a uh, it's a blast in your face. You know, this is really interesting things that are happening now. You know, what is the response of the outside world to it? You know, there's probably six people in the audience when we went to see the movie. Yeah. So, wow. obviously, it wasn't a big draw. But those that watched it obviously they knew about it they knew the story behind it yeah you know so i guess i threw it out there to the group you know um you know from this side of things because being overseas that's all i do is watch all these high profile news bits here and there yeah you know and, and just that's what i focus on but i don't know how people here take it and if they care if it's just like whatever i don't know for me like i i have to say i'm pretty absent from all of it i hate to say it like Growing up, my parents, we'd watch the news all the time. We'd, I'd read the newspaper and everything. Probably since the late 90s, I think I just checked out. I completely checked out. Like, stuff, you guys will bring up stuff, and I'm like, I didn't know that happened. I have no idea what's going on. I don't have regular TV. I just have Netflix and Hulu. And we've got an antenna, and I try to watch shitty football through it, and it's all, like, Channel 99. Like, is that a football, or <laughs> nice. is that a elbow? <laughs> but, like, I mean, that's the extent of it. It's clear for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah, and, like, I even skipped through the Facebook uh, posts and shit because I'm like, well, I don't want to learn my news from Facebook and you know how, how much is this tainted and what is this going to gear me towards or whatever. So I just skipped through that even. So like as a matter of fact, we were talking about uh, uh, the thing that happened in Ferguson, and we were talking about I had no, I had I knew something had gone on. I knew of some racial issues. People were burning stuff and people were getting hurt and and whatever. And that's about the extent. So. And now, I mean, I've got a two-year-old, and part of me is like, I really need to start figuring out the kind of world that he's going to be brought up in, not for me, but for him. And I want to, and I just, I just, I haven't been able to bring myself to to open my eyes. I hate to say it; it's very, it, yeah. it's very, it's a very matrix situation right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just in the matrix, and that's plugged in. I'm cool. well, I, I, mean, I think that, like you said, like it, it works both ways. Like the, you know, uh like you said, being inundated by, like, social media and all these kind of uh, different kinds of, like, you know, stimuli all around you. And that's a, I feel sometimes where I do try to kind of, not not to the point where I feel truly knowledgeable about any of this stuff, but I have to at least know, like, I'll look at headlines and I'm like, okay, it's kind of interesting. Rick me. reads Yahoo's main and, page. And I'll, and I'll click on it and kind of read just to get the gist of something. I don't usually, like, know the full story, but I get the gist. I'm like, okay, it's interesting. And if it's something I care about more, I usually kind of spend a little more time. I use my bathroom time to, to, to look to into look it. Look into this further. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but that's the thing is, like, I think 
you know, and not to get too like, you know, a conspiratorial about it, but I feel like it's like we're overwhelmed with that stuff on purpose with all that noise, like so much of the noise that you won't be able to focus, that you won't be able to care. I think about now how I love, I've always loved reading, I always love reading books, and now it's such a difficult thing to do to sit there and just hold a book and read it and concentrate and not look at my phone, not have to be stimulated by other things at the same time. And, and that's my fear is like people talk about being brainwashed or, you know, having, you know, all these other like outside things that may affect you or distort your personality. But at the end of the day, I think is you just blast people with enough noise. They stopped having the ability to concentrate or wanting to concentrate. And you just want to be numb. Like, Oh, I just want to play video games or I just want to do something that doesn't require uh, like any thought. Fahrenheit, and, what was that? Fahrenheit book? Fahrenheit 451 yeah 451 where it was just like just give me my TV and I'm fine yeah outside these walls nothing matters to me the thing is like you know I think you can I don't don't think we're quite at the point there yet where everyone's just like a zombie where we're doing exactly what we're told and blah blah and and yes people you know you can the the, the powers that be can push people in a direction you can you can get people to buy stuff or you can get people to react certain ways but at the end of the day I think we're not quite there because where the laziness overrides any f- fear or or anger sometimes people have and that's the thing it's like apathy right it's like mm-hmm. you know you you see like some of these stuff some of these things that are going on and you see some of the just like the, the unrest and stuff and you think oh my god that's terrible you know it's that's like people are probably dying and it's what are those people doing they're crazy or whatever blah 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 but at the end of the day like what's slightly more scary than unrest in in you know some sort of like you know to whatever degree chaos is like the laziness the apathy that goes along with that and going oh that's terrible i really don't care that much you know like that's on a lot of yeah. on a lot of levels worse to me but at the same time i take part in it consciously mm-hmm. yeah. consciously because what is the other end of the spectrum is like you know you see kind of like you know it's like that movie pcu remember where like they go to that college and everybody has a cause mm. everybody's an activist everybody like no matter what and you can't even have a conversation with someone without get into an argument because inevitably you're going to have, you're going to be on the other side of the table about something. Right. And it's ridiculous. It's it like, could go so, endlessly. it's so over the top that that's the whole point of it. Is that like, there's always something to fight about. There's always something to like, you know, Sounds like dinner at my in-laws. To, to rally behind. But, and I think that's the thing is like me as a, as a kind of a lazy person and I have my opinions and my beliefs, but at the same time, I know nobody particularly cares about them. And I'm the guy, the kind of person that needs to like, go out there and tell everybody how I feel about that stuff. I'll tell my friends, I'll tell anyone that's willing to listen, but I don't expect I'm going to change anyone's opinion or I'm going to change their mind. And I'm okay with that. So me, like my personality is conflict with a lot of this stuff. Cause I'll see the unrest. I'll see people burning stuff. And my brain is, is going like, I can't, I can't reconcile like someone's anger or someone's distress or someone's like, whatever it is, overflow of emotions being destructive and someone going well i'm upset so i'm gonna like you know i'm, I'm gonna protest car. you know the the complications of theft and murder and injustice and i'm gonna go steal a tv from best buy i'm gonna go break into a convenience store and steal something i'm not saying that's right or wrong i'm not taking a side i'm saying i can't understand someone's someone's reasoning for that the same way someone might look at me a better person than me will go well, i can't see why you can just sit on the tv and play madden instead of you know, going downtown to San Antonio and protesting, and I want to say, well, this isn't where it happened. No one really gives a shit other than the people that are standing around you. Am I wrong? Maybe, probably, but it's it's, you know, 
all that's those the things. challenge yeah how, how do you that's the big challenge right there because on the one hand uh you could have like a butterfly effect thing take place where okay let's just say you have a small care in the world for something that has happened and then you talk to somebody about it, then he talks to somebody, and then somebody else gets interested by it, yeah. and somebody else goes on a wild tangent, decides, okay, you know, that really got me inspired to do something, you know? Yeah. Okay, then, you know, your conversation about it could mean something. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, what's the impact? You know, if it's not impacting you, or do you have to quit your job, you yeah. know, and then go do this yeah, cause? You now, you're no longer, you know, uh, a producing individual yeah. so, so so what's the uh, let me ask yeah. your opinion about that because i always think about that and maybe again this is maybe my own apathy or my own laziness or my own lack of distant vision but like you see people like protesting during the day right whether they're protesting this or that or whatever i'm not just talking about just current events but whatever during the day not being at work not being at school and i'm like what type of like if that was me or you of mike's like hey i'm gonna go protest today i would my Mental, I mean, I ask him, but my mental thing would be like, so you're taking a sick day off, you're taking a personal day, or what? And you see these people, and you go like, I wonder, or is it that, or that impassioned, and they're like, I don't give a shit about my job right. if I lose my job. This means that much to me, that even if I lose my job, and I'm homeless next week, and my kids have to be taken out of private it's school, it. it's worth it, Prove my point. I'm going to change the world. And I don't know. That's a question. I mean, what do you, like, what do you guys see when you see that? When you see it on TV, like, because that's where the... If I'm again a conspiracy person, I go maybe those people are just cast to be there. Mm. Yeah, maybe well. someone planted. I'm not saying that don't get mad people, but I'm just—it's <laughs> my right it's to too think convenient that, that you know, uh, they're, they're talking about indictments and there's already people waiting. Like, cameras are on. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying. I well, don't, compare. I don't okay, know. let's I don't let's know. take the U.S. as a microcosm of the world. Mm -hmm. Compare it to what happens in all the other countries of the world. You know, if you look at Thailand, if you look at Pakistan. I don't have any hard proof here, but people will tell you that the various coups, counter coups, protests, whatever happens out there, are specifically organized to serve a purpose, and people are paid, fed, to be there, yes. in mass. Yes. So why should we be any different? Right. You know. Yeah. So because it, because it benefits both sides, no matter what. The larger the crowd you have, the the more it benefits because what does it do? It it creates puts it awareness out there. more the noise. Topic. More noise. <laughs> mm -hmm. It creates ad revenue for the people watching twenty four hour well, TV or whatever. Like it's wag the dog. Right, yeah. That that's, that's kind of propaganda. You know, like yeah. and, and again, it doesn't even matter when usually when you say words like that, people oh you're into conspiracy, blah blah blah. I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be that. It can just be like that's the way it works. Like in your own yeah. job, no matter how normal or mundane it is there's always conspiracies going on. There's always mm -hmm. people, machinations, ma you know, machinations behind the scenes to like, oh, we got to get rid of like, you know, Mario because we just can't stand his ass. So let's, you know, like put some fucking water on the stairs and have him slip down. You know, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, exactly. like there's always something happening in the world at any given moment on some tiny some level. level. And it's yeah. not any different than the larger scale. So like thing. take Jack's um, example. He brought up Snowden and all the stuff that goes into that and that the bigger, the bigger thing, of course, is you know data mining in America post 9/11 talking about you know the way we are no longer <clears throat> private we don't have privacy in our lives that our phone calls and our texts and our email and our net surfing whether you're using private browsing or not is all being scanned in the interest of you know uh, the defense of our country and saving American lives and 
you put together a couple of really great TV shows and movies and you kind of have the whole, uh, you have a visual take of what it all looks like. It might actually be extremely boring and it might just be just a whole movie of, about this stuff might just be two hours of computer code just going down the screen. Mm-hmm. No sound effects every time the yeah. code comes on the screen. It's just happening. But at the end of the day, it's sort of like there's people that have that as a cause. They have, you know, my privacy is being invaded and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, our country, we're no better than communists and this and this and this because of all the stuff we're doing. And then there's other people who are say, will say, well, I have nothing to hide. So, you know, hey, if that's going to help them catch one more person so that, you know, 9-11 doesn't happen again, then, hey, so be it. Scan my stuff and screen my text. I mean, as long as the government's not using it to burn me, like if I run for public office, they're not going to pull out my, yeah, they're going to blackmail me and put my selfies out and, you know, whatever sweet nothings I texted, you know, so-and-so. And I think that's sort of the thing is, is it about, am I being harmed or is it the principle? And I was telling Jack earlier how, you know, there's a, the show that Jeff Daniels on newsroom it mm-hmm. actually just ended, mm-hmm. but, um, there's a scene where one of the young guys is pitching us a news story and it's the story that's going to become Occupy Wall Street. But before it's actually happened, he's just reading the rumblings on the net that they're starting the initial plan for it. And she shows him a fax and it's like pages and pages of all the different protests going on in just New York City at that time. And it's like, like you were saying, it's a cause for like literally everything. I think this, the thing that's kind of sad about these things is how it might be well-intended and it's got some legitimate facts to back it up, you know, specifically talking about like Occupy, you know, and then it gets lost in translation. It gets so popular, everybody starts getting desensitized to it, and they start seeing people post whatever they want to say with that as their hashtag, and right. it gets misrepresented, and now people are like, oh, look how stupid that looks. Look how yeah. ridiculous. And like you just said, don't these people have jobs? What do you mean? Because like? remember, it spread from New York City to every city, yeah. and then it'd be like Occupy San Antonio and Portland yeah. and wherever, and everybody was doing it. And that was going through my mind, too, was like, how are you doing that during the day? Like, yeah. is it just the college kids who have free time between classes and yeah. they have that ability to go and, you know, have that passion? And again, the cause may completely be just. It may be completely yeah. legitimate and has a, you know, an, an honest to goodness uh, backing that, that would benefit us as a, as a society. But at the end of the day, we start asking ourselves, you know, like, and I really don't know either. I don't have any facts, but... I haven't heard about that in a while. I haven't heard about Occupy. It's yeah. just kind of, it's kind of well, died cause, out, cause right? You wonder, cause I, did did what happened? What did they accomplish? Nobody ever knows. Yeah, the they were like, oh yeah, it just kind of burned out. I mean, the thing the thing that stuck out to me locally is I remember for a while they were doing that. They were doing it in Hemisphere Park, right? And right. Were like, and the same thing. I thought the same thing because they were like, and of course in San Antonio, I love my city, but usually when you see us, we're doing things half fast everything you know what right. i mean it's kind of like yeah we're here for this and there's like eight people in the back we're protesting you're like eight people man you couldn't just like get some fucking homeless people to stand around it's like on a 29 died show exactly yeah. it's like it's a big show you guys should all come like there's four of us here man yeah. it's like you know <laughs> but that's the thing it's like and but at that moment to us it you felt something. like you're felt like you're we're somewhere awesome. that like you know you're it's tuned in cool. and it's and yeah, we had turned around and gone, wow, other than the chick with the whip huh. and the three or four <laughs> the three or four of us and the band, no one else knows and no one else will ever know this happened. Right. Unless there's a fucking unless of course back then, now we would have been Filming videotaping it. It, taking pictures. Man, we were all at the show Editing, last night, bro. Photoshop. Yeah, you know. So the thing is like and the thing I remember most about 
the Occupy thing in here in San Antonio was one night it was they're talking about like oh yeah blah blah and then it was like oh some guy got arrested for selling drugs and like beating up his girlfriend. So it's like to me, unfortunately, and yeah, it's a one bad apple thing, but like that nullifies everything. Is if you can't in the microcosm of forty fucking people supposedly unified for the same thing, you can't keep somebody from beating the shit out of their girlfriend. Right. Fuck you. Fuck you and your cause because that's your problem. Look, the localization of that. Sure. Like I, you know, that's it. <laughs> if I want to put that on a shirt, you know, <laughs> like, that's it. That's it. I, I've got a much simpler conclusion to all this. I mean, you know, I think again going to the the youth, you know, for my daughter to say to acknowledge that, you know, she's on the iPad, she's on this, she's on that, which is whatever, for her to come out of that and just say, hey, look, that was an interesting movie, made me think yeah. a little bit. I yeah. think at the end of the day, for the average person. That's, that's what all of this means is yeah. that for you to sit there and, and contemplate for a moment, hmm, I wonder why this happened. Mm-hmm. Regardless yeah. if it's right, wrong, and different, stop to make you pause, yeah. you know, kind of pull you out of the, the matrix a little bit and think about, hmm, yeah. you know, was this right or wrong? And that's, I think, for any topic that you see out there, if you're willing to take the extra time, and it's not a lot of effort. Yeah. It's not. I mean, it's so easy to go off on a wild tangent on yeah. a very simple and small topic. Yeah. I mean, uh, we talk about content getting bombarded by content. There's so much other content out there that is just mass produced on a daily basis that will help you kind of get both sides of the story. A fuller debate is out there. It's just you have to take a very simple pause and breath and, and really dig into the other stuff. Yeah. Here's here's my conspiracy theory about that, though. About what? About just media. Let's let's take the U.S. media because I'm I'm not exposed to anything overseas, which I'd like to be because I think maybe it'd give me a fuller picture. But let's say the people, powers that be, the vampire Illuminati or whatever. Jay Z. Jay Z has has said, you know what? We're gonna have this network talk from the left side. We're gonna have this right. network talk from the right side, and we're gonna create a separation. And the people that listen to this side and this side. They're always going to be at each other's throats no matter what. So we can do whatever the hell we want back here while everybody's piddling around with their own shit that we've exposed them to to say, hey, guess what? This is a big issue. You need to pay attention to this. Yeah. And we're going to call it the good stuff over here. We're going to call it the bad stuff over here. And you guys can just go at each other. While the more important stuff, like the determination of how many of how, how much of a percentage of the planet are we just going to eliminate <laughs> with the button push right. is going to happen because nobody's looking at the man behind the curtain. You know, I don't know. I think I think that's same thing with like voting and same thing with like yeah. Well, I mean, you figure like it not sometimes and not to justify those things from happening. And I mm-hmm. I agree. I believe that stuff happens, but I think sometimes it's it's organic because it's just the nature of people wanting drama in their lives. I mean, we've talked about that here. Like, like. But where are the intelligent people that are in the middle that are saying, "Hey, let's take this side. No, let's take this side. I mean let's discuss like, it. Let's like, look into this." That, that's yeah, I agree. That makes sense. But I'm saying like even us like me for example us as a group like you listen to the podcast we've talked about that like it's funny without even consciously like and this is a spoiler for people listen to this kind of stuff right is that subconsciously we take on roles right even on this show not not like we don't go okay you're the one that's gonna be a dick you're the one that's the funny one you're the one that's whatever like you know and i'm aware of that (laughs) only because when i go back and listen to the show i'm like oh wow like i do this or mario does that or mike does that because i listen to it because you know I love the sound of our voices yeah, so much. Same here. But but I'm saying it's something that I'm interested in as a person. Like, how does that happen? Because it, it happens organically. We don't discuss yeah. that. And there are certain things we harp on. There's certain callbacks that we come to you where we'll make funny stuff about something from six episodes ago, and they remember it's built in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it naturally takes on 
the kind of con or you know whatever to whatever degree it is a conflict or a drama because it's more interesting than us going hey that terminator trailer was awesome yeah it was awesome yeah it was awesome cool cool next next topic you know it's better you know perspectives or yeah. whatever you know that's what i'm saying anything can be corrupted you know but even can... then like i think i think we're a little bit more organic than that to where we either play the part of it but we talk it out you know, like by the end of it, we understand each other's views. Yeah, and that's what I think is missing, just in the general populace. Well, there were no that... threat to each other. That's yeah. just it. Well, and then yeah, that, you're not yeah. going to murder me when we leave here. Well, and that's I the think. thing. That's where there's, and there's two also sides no that are like involved. armed. There's that's it. No money, no, money and no power, yeah. Yeah. nothing. We we come from such probably diverse, you know, professional backgrounds yeah. that. Whatever you say tonight, it's not going to affect my livelihood. So, so why not have a summit? Person. Why not have a summit of a group of? Because then somebody would drop people. a bomb on it. <clears throat> well, yeah, there you kill go. all the important, peaceful, smart people. <laughs> I don't know, man. But it goes back to roles. I mean, take society as a whole. There are roles for people. We've we've accepted what the roles certain people have. We've accepted that politicians are up there. They can do whatever they want because they're so powerful and we can't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, all we can do at this level is just talk about it, debate it, <laughs> have an yeah. educated conversation about it. <laughs> yeah. That's all we can do. Yeah. So People either either are, we're uh, we're gaining information to be entertained that's not going to really have a lot of meaning, or we're gaining information that has meaning that we can't affect. We can't do it. Right. Exactly. It. But the, I think the biggest thing. Or we get called defeatist for having an attitude yeah. like that because we're not willing to go. Yeah. Take a day off, like you said, I'll, I'll and admit, go. Yeah. I'll admit you know, it straight out. Put like, up shop. The the whole tax being illegal thing, whether or not that's true or whatever, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to pay my taxes. Right. What what I'm being gonna, illegal? That the tax. income tax, the federal income tax, is illegal, and that the that the Federal Reserve isn't a federal body at all. It's. I like my highways though. I like clean highways. But that's the thing. Those taxes, the income tax doesn't go towards that. You have other taxes for that. Yeah, but my assumption is it goes somewhere and I get a clean it highway out of it. It goes straight to the Federal I get Reserve. A national Park. It goes straight to the Federal Reserve. Yeah, they but can do I what, don't. What they give the money but yeah, but exactly. It's, it's, and they but, can make more money as long, if they want. But this is what you're talking about because as long as I have running water and electricity and nice places to go and clean roads to drive then on, then I feel like I've been I don't give care a of. shit. Now, but, we, day, but we don't that, have day that stuff great roads that we can drive on. That's that bad roads here are San Antonio roads from via buses. <laughs> I live on a road right here that's horrible because there's yeah. via buses that go up and down yeah. all fucking day long. That's not my tax problem. That's point, not the point being problem. like it's, I'm I admit that I'm like, oh I'm gonna bitch about this, but at the end of the day, still gotta do it. But that's what I mean. Because I have it, no power. Things have to get a fuck of a lot worse before they ever turn into anything else. And that's the thing is like yeah, every generation true. like goes, Oh, this is it, it's the end, man, it's coming or you know, people that are hardcore religious like, Oh, this is it, man, this is my my grandma told me about the end of the world, it's coming, it's tomorrow. You know, and, and that's fine because it always seems shitty because that's life. Like unless you've got a fucking silver spoon in your ass, like life is always gonna seem shitty. You're always gonna seem like you're on the shit end of stuff. Until you're on the top. When you're in the top, you don't give a fuck. Which you're remember, not gonna go, I sure appreciate all that while I'm swimming in my fucking Scrooge McDuck bank. You don't give a fuck. Which you is know, exactly like, why the first Matrix didn't work. Remember? The first Matrix was yeah. supposed to be perfect for everybody. Yeah. It was, it was it a metaphor for itself. But yeah. now transplant us over to Syria, and I bet you all of us would pick up a gun and <laughs> start firing off. Because, oh, man. you know, if not, you're next. So yeah, if yeah. your survival is not at stake, you don't get but, a shit. But that's the thing. Like you said, like both of you touched on this already, is that you give people just enough sense of safety, safety. security, and luxury, they're going to be okay with it. Like, yeah, okay. Even I'll, if it's I'll, artificial, it doesn't yeah, matter. I'll put up with that. Now, if I go outside in the morning and someone tries to stab me, 
Well, then suddenly my world changes because the closer it gets to my door or to my bedroom or to you my become bathroom, more militant. Exactly. The more you give a shit. If it happens a thousand miles away, in this city it happens. Do you care what happens? You know, on the east side or the east side or the west side? No. But now somebody fucking busts through your door, you're gonna fucking shuriken them the fucking death. <laughs> but you're not gonna go to the south side and defend some shuriken. guy who's getting his house broken into because he can't protect himself. Was that a was that a Mario weapons reference? Yeah, yeah it was. It was. Yeah, but but that's my point. And I'm not saying that to dog you. I'm, I'm I'm saying that as a joke. But that's the thing, right? Like I'm not gonna care until yeah, exactly. It's coming in my fucking door. And in in some ways, like you accept it because that's how else is it gonna be. Again, what are you gonna do? Patrol the streets? You're not gonna have a job. Like I'm not gonna. I'm just everybody know I'm the neighborhood cop. So that's why I don't have a job. My wife supports me, so I can make sure you guys are. Hey, let me make sure you give me some donations as <laughs> yeah. uh, I patrol for you. Or else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like the old Austin thing. Remember going to a concert in Austin? What happens? You go to the park in the by fucking Austin Music Hall, and the bums come up. That's the fucking sweetest, oldest fuck. It's the fucking Knight Templar bullshit, right? Come up and go. Hey, I'll watch your car for you for five bucks. And what does that mean? If, if you, you don't, don't give me the five bucks, yeah. your so tire. what do you do? Here's five fucking bucks. And it's perfect. It's beautiful. And it's fucking, it's symbiotic. It works. And it works. And there's peace. Yeah. Because God you know, damn. you're giving them what they want. They're giving you what you want. You come back to a car that's safe. Unless what somebody else? paid them more. Well, yeah. If, I, you, if Mario comes up and... <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Or unless you set up your time. own little racket. Yeah, your own racket. You know, yeah. hey, this is my and yard. And that's and how you get organized crime, right? I'm gonna get all the homeless bums to come work for me. <laughs> oh man! Hmm. I'm, tell, I'm gonna steal this story from somebody. I won't mention the people's names, but so if they hear this, which they never will, I'm not stealing your story. I'm referencing you, but I can't tell who you are. Anyway, someone was talking about a story about this time they went to um, a different city. And they were at some concert doing something, and they were looking to buy drugs from somebody, weed or whatever, something. And they go to this guy, and they're talking to him on the street, like a homeless dude or whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, I can I can hook you up with whatever it is you need. Like, okay, cool. How much is it? Like, oh, it's like 20 bucks or 50 bucks, however much the drugs cost, right? He's like, cool, cool, cool. And he's like, where is it? He's like, well, I got to go get it. And the guy, the guy's around the block, you know, blah, blah, whatever. He's like, give me the money. I'll give it to him. Mm. And he's like, fuck you. I'm not going to give you the money. I'll never see you again. And he goes, I'll, what do you want me to do? Like, I'll come back. He goes, give me your fucking shoe. And he goes, what? And he tells the guy, like the, the middleman, like, give me your fucking shoe because you ain't going to be walking around town with one fucking shoe. Uh-huh. You're going to come back for your shoe with my drugs. The guy's like, okay. So he gave him his fucking shoe and he came back with the drugs. <laughs> wow. it's pretty clever. And maybe it's a fake story, but it's a nice, it's a nice metaphor. It's a nice tale. I like it. Nice moral tale. <laughs> yeah. um, did you, on the, the Snowden thing, I, I haven't seen that yet, but uh, did you see that, uh, I only saw the first half, so they hadn't, didn't actually get to Snowden, but that United States of Secrets, uh, yes, PBS did? Yes, I did. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, it's I, definitely eye-opening. Yes. Uh, you'll see some of the same characters interspersed throughout the Snowden thing, and actually I found the Citizen Four documentary a little bit dry. Yeah. Uh, it really just focuses on him and kind of the personal emotions involved with it. It's the initial interviews that happen in Hong Kong for like the first seven or eight days. So it's a bit lacking in terms of detail. But the yeah. st- United States of Secrets just really dives in on all the yeah. techie shit, the policy shit, the foreign su- surveillance court, you know, yeah. how they decide. And I, I like, I, I saw that, I'd read about it and then I, Missed it when it came on TV, so I had to watch it online. Online, frontline. Yeah, frontline yeah. website. And I got to say, like, and that was a couple of months back. And like I said, I only watched the first two-hour one. I didn't see the, when it got to Snowden in the second part. But, like, 
that I mean I'm gonna like I said, it doesn't take me much to get sentimental, but I actually like felt emotional watching that. Like sure. because you feel those feelings of anger and you feel like there's like you said, there's a lot of depth to the people they interview. They're interviewing these old guys that NSA were part guys. of the system. And these guys are like NSA lifer guys. Hardcore crypto were fucking they wow. built this system because they were patriots, because right. they wanted to protect America and they watched the government take Go and into a different direction. Do with exactly it. the opposite of what they intended, and you see that there's like these guys, and they're like fucking shell shocked. Like there's one guy who's like bawling, bawling because he's just like, "This mm. was my life's work, and these fucking people made me the fucking like I feel like a fucking criminal because yeah, of what I'm they the did that... with what I the technology I created." You know, like it's, and that's like shit where you're just like, and you see these people, and they're like this guy that they thought was the whistleblower, and they ruined this motherfucker's life yeah, because they assumed he was the whistleblower, and it wasn't in him. Where the whistleblower's like, "Oh." me fuckers like it's some other guy that they didn't even think Damn. it was and it's like and it's like that kind of shit though but that's fucking high drama man that's, that's like it's not fiction like it's these guys telling just fucking normal fucking dudes that probably go to work and all fucking day mm-hmm. and you see it and you go i can't imagine i can't imagine living my life like i go to work and you make a mistake sometimes or someone yells at you and you're like oh and it ruins your fucking life you know your day you think you're like yeah but like these dudes like hardcore knowing that like wow like you know, these guys, that some of them say, like, you know, we could have prevented 9-11, and they didn't let us. Yeah. And and even if they're right or wrong, to carry, to feel like you're carrying that burden, yeah. like, the rest of your life, because you know that your life's work was about stopping things like that. And we're what not talking... the last 30 years? It yeah. Was, did it, was it meaningless? Yeah, you know? exactly. And we're not talking about, like, G.I. Joe, like, fucking guys in the movies. It's like, these are just old dudes that, like, fucking, like, on fucking computers, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, and it's it's terrifying, but at the same time, it's... well, that's the thing. Like, is is the is the system, the system is built the exactly the way they want it to be built. They can do with it as they please. They can have oh well, let's have these people do this. They think they're doing this, but we're actually they're doing this for us, and they don't realize it. And we're gonna twist yeah. it around on them and but, but that's, that everybody. That seems like, and I don't know a lot about politics, and I defer to you know Jack and Mike probably about this, but like that's kind of the problem with bureaucracy because you may have institutions that have missions right and oh, yeah you know this is the idea this is the army's mission this is the coast guard's mission this is the nsa's mission the cia's mission whatever and as bureaucracies change as cabinets change as presidents change priorities change priorities change mm-hmm. and your mission as a member of that group changes based on yeah. the will of agendas mm-hmm. as much as you know with within whatever and again now here we are it's not like well, within the legal bounds because that's not true either yeah, but that's no, part no. of the. I mean, is that part of the issue? Like the political side of it. Like, how does that play into these? Here things? goes the debate again. I mean, you know, on the one side, you could say, "God, it's so terrible, so bad, so whatever, so emotional," but then take a look at the commercial side of things. And this is an argument that's been raised many times: is that look, Google, Yahoo, Facebook, all these guys, they do the exact same thing, mm-hmm. monitor your information, and do something with that information. Yeah as the government does. And actually, it could be argued the commercial side of things is much more pervasive and much more intrusive yeah. than the government is. The government's just opening some back doors and going in and, yeah, maybe they're collecting everything, but they're only acting on a very small percent of that. <laughs> the commercial guys are acting on everything. Every, yeah, like yeah. you bought an Adidas shirt 12 months ago, Rick. Your reaction to it is Every now... sidebar banner you're going to see is Adidas t-shirts. Yeah. Like, yep. that's, that's scary. That's even that's scarier. fucking scary shit. Yeah. So... That's, I don't know. That's what keeps me a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Have you seen Zeitgeist yet? Oh, it sucks. We've been through this. 
I was telling Jack. Or, I was telling Jack earlier when he got when he got over here before you guys got here about the conspiracy theory. I stuff, tried. I did try. How, um, you know, how my opinion on it. You, you know, hate, where it's like it's, conspiracy. Well, just it's fascinating. But what's the point if we don't have something to to talk about? Like tangible evidence other than to just say, yeah, the moon landing was fake, and yeah, what is it? Who's your girl that? Killed Cobain, Courtney Love, oh, Courtney. you know, <laughs> the mastermind behind She's not my girl. The, She's a CIA operative. Exactly. Man, Precisely. Her and you know, a waste of skin. <laughs> Celebrity skin. Celebrity skin. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I still like the music, but fuck her. Yeah. Fuck her. She, she put the shotgun in his hand. Well, talking about music. Smoke this. I'd like to go off on, a, on another tangent here. And go to some social commentary. It's your day. These it's your day, man. Yeah, um, go for it. I wanted to uh, to throw out a couple of a couple of things in my pocket here. Nice. And uh, get some nope. commentary gotcha. about it. You know, uh, one of our old mainstays from the '90s. You know, a little ministry action. <laughs> nice. There's, I thought they were tired. No way. What? Are, what are they doing? Oh man, El, dudes in El Paso these days, yeah. just cranking them out, cranking them out. Wow. Um, that's a uh, relapse there. Oh, I didn't bring the other one. There's another one from Beard to Eternity. Look at that. See. Look at that from album cover. From Beard to Eternity featuring Al Jorgensen. But <laughs> oh, uh, the guy is all heroin methed out. He's super skinny, but still rocking. I mean, it's a great album. Um, there's some other guys that are on it. I think uh, Monster Magnet guitars or somebody. Oh. There's some you know guest guitars and musicians on there, but it's pretty much his old craziness wow. again but it's it's pretty hardcore and did you he hear had, go, oh, ahead. go ahead no 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 yeah, it's unrelated he had, he had a three pack uh 2007 10 and 12 or something like that it was all anti-bush oh yeah oh, like yeah, extremely yeah. anti-bush oh, sorry. but you know the typical snippets and like quotes samples and, and samples you know <laughs> but uh, a lot of fun so anyway just throw it out there a lot of fun that's the, i was playing like uh we were somewhere and i was playing a mix or something and old Oh, in case you feel like showing up live. Yeah, it's got that long ass like stigmata on it, right? Yeah, and then uh, one little ditty here is uh, a little uh, small group: Jurgensen and oh. Fugazi. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. A guitarist made huh. one album together yeah. called Pale. Great album. I never heard it. I remember hearing about it. These guys. That's hilarious. Man, I haven't even thought about ministry, uh, ministry in Tons a very long time. What was the one he did for a little while? It was like, I think only did like one song or two was the Thousand Homo DJs. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Chen Reznor. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good cover. One of the uh, numerous one-offs with Trent. Yeah. But they like had like, didn't they like the FBI had like raided Al Jurgensen's house? When he lived in Austin still. I think they like raided his house because he was like, you know, helping fucking heroin and oh, shit yeah. over there. And then he was like, it's a conspiracy. The government's like, <laughs> and then you're, you're, all these conspiracy you're, albums. you're doing drugs. <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> Now he yeah. lives in El Paso. Yeah. Oh, man. A lot of fun. Smashing Pumpkins going on tour next year. Limited dates. You mean the, You mean uh, Billy Corgan and the kids that nobody knows their names? Mm-hmm. Do you need to know the names of any of the bands you, you love? You just need the bald uh, No, bald but baby. I just... No, no. I'd like to see, like, most of the original cast that's living. That'd be nice. Oh. Or not on drugs. <laughs> or that hasn't killed one of the other morphine cast. trip. <laughs> um... I wouldn't mind seeing that. It's one of those bands where I'm like, would I, if I saw them now, would it, like, I didn't, I, I love, like, Siamese Dream, I love yeah. Adore, I love the, the Melancholy album, the double album, whatever, and, but it's like, it's weird, I never, they were never, like, a favorite band of mine, because there was some, there was such a weird disconnect, I guess, because he was, 
whiny a douche like you always see him like a douche right and you always even back then like before the internet you always heard those stories about him being a dick to the band and like not he recorded all this shit himself and that's fine like Trent Reznor well, they said the it. same thing about uh, Eddie Vedder yeah, but the band's like, well, well yeah, we're here because of him, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you watch like Pearl Jam like, 20. Wow. I haven't like, seen it yet. I want to. And you're like, Eddie Vedder is kind of, I love Pearl Jam. One of my favorite bands. We've oh, yeah, same But like, I'm like, Eddie Vedder is kind of a douche. They're like, hey, join our band. Sweet. It's my band now. You know, like, but well, hey, it worked. Here's, well, yeah. Exactly. If you're willing to, <clears throat> if you hadn't done submit that. to that. And if you yeah. watch Pearl Jam 20, they all kind of look back now. And you can tell there's a period where like, you've seen it, right? There's a period where, like, you can tell they were, like, about to fucking break up, and it was because of yeah. him. And now, when they're, like, you know, 50 years old, they're like, yeah, you know, it was hard to let go of our band, but, like, we're who we are because of him. Because wow. we turned it over to him. That's and then, crazy. of course, after that, you know, after 20 years, he loosened up, and he's like, okay, now you can play your songs. After your song. the millions are made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, now I trust you to play your little song so is, so is that is that the the secret is that there, there's always going to be a dick in the band and if, if you listen to him you might be okay i mean you got axel that broke up guns and roses and now it's axel and random people guy with a chicken bucket for his head i don't even know anymore <laughs> i don't know i mean i think you i don't know who knows because either you have to have someone good looking or you have to have somebody who's willing to like make those tough calls and be a shithead and like so they go back to the roles yeah the well, roles. Yeah, so, so exactly. here we go so here we go you yeah, got your perfect. Trent Reznor your Axl Rose yeah. your Billy Corgan and your Eddie Vedder I mean they're they're all the same guy think yeah. about but, but think, would, think about any band you've ever jammed in for fun and think about how completely non-productive it was because everybody had a voice and it was fully democratic That's think true. about how much that. think about how much bullshit occurred whether you jammed for an hour or 10 hours in someone's bedroom or everything yeah. even back to our teen years where you were hanging out and you plugged instruments and there was a drum set and a bass and someone on a microphone and it was just meant to be Zyphone. cool and fun you didn't want to be a rock star but you wanted to have the fun of it and nothing got made all the songs sucked and it was just a big thing of loud crappy noise hmm. that's because nobody in that group was either a dick or willing to push their whatever their version of forward. talent they've got forward well, they were too much of it and so Nothing happened because you also have the guys that are total dicks or girls, and they have no talent to back it up. So it's going to come out in the wash anyway that whatever they're producing sucks. And we've talked about that before, you know, as far as like wanting to see more stuff come out in the local scene, you know, and that that's the big problem is it's never you're, there's never a shortage of utility musicians. There's never a shortage of guys that know how to play bass and know how to play guitar, but do they have that? intangible magical quality where they can write something that the moment you hear it in your ears you know that's it you know that's the one that's the song you know when you hear the the opening baseline to hey man nice shot you know that's going to be an amazing song without any hesitation that's going to be a legit song you go to a lot of you know local clubs whatever to hear local music and as soon as it starts you're like and i'm out not because you're being mean to them just because it's not hitting you you know what sounds right there i remember this episode of the sopranos where there's a whole episode devoted to um, Tony's nephew's girlfriend is trying to produce this like local band. They're a real nice group of guys making rock music, and the um, the guy who uh, is Tony's like um, like finance partner or whatever. They make it very clear in the show that he's a Jewish guy, but he's also a music producer from back in the day. Oh, yeah. And even though he's got like you know a bunch of gold records in his house from producing these various artists. Um, in the 60s or whatever, it's funny because he's like Tony's nephew's girlfriend is showing 
the guy hashed the music and he's like, listen to this. This is a great song and they're a great band. And he's like, no, it's not a hit. He just hears it and he knows. Yeah. And they're at the at the bar toward the end of the episode and some other song comes out on like the loudspeaker or whatever. And he's walking by the older man Hesh is walking by Chris and his and his girlfriend in the in the club because they end up rejecting that local band. And he walks up to Chris and he's like, points up to the ceiling, he's like, that's a hit, and just keeps walking. You just hear when you know it's right, and you yeah. just know that something is the right song. And I think that's a big problem is you don't have enough people that are willing that. to to do that. And so you get it's a wonderful thing to have democracy, but if Ed Vedder let it be that way. Would we have gotten a lot of the albums and the songs that we got, you know? And um, you yeah. see a lot of that shit with Radiohead, Pink Floyd. You know, Pink Floyd had a hu- hugely well-documented feud. Yeah. Not just Power Struggle related, but just in terms of writing, creative direction and all that. And what's everybody's solution? I'm going to start my own band. I'm going to go off on my own. Yeah. And what happens? It's yeah. not the same because you still need that collaborative uh, element. Yeah. You still need that that piece where... You know, it doesn't work for everybody. It do, it really doesn't. So, uh, it's completely that's total tangent. But <laughs> but what uh, well, back valid. in? I mean, you need psychological connection. You need roles. You need organization. Yeah. I mean, you could have a great great sound, but if it never leaves the walls, leaves the room, nobody pushes it forward. How does it get out there? Right. Yeah. You know, and and if you go, if you're able to get it out there, if you have a medium in which to present your material, like local San Antonio scene, but it sucks. You know, again, it's a lost cause. Yeah. You know, you go then you have a miserable time. Band right. sucks. Yeah. It'd be awesome if this was a city that was was known for even even if um you know we're not a large market for sports and we're not enough tourists you know, that come here and we're not a huge tech city and but, we're not whatever. It'd be neat if we had well, but they've produced all these amazing rock bands. Yeah. You know, I but, mean that'd be awesome. I wonder, I, I wonder <clears throat> like in other words, like if. You started the band tomorrow. You started the band tomorrow. You started the band tomorrow, and it was a good band, and it was solid, and it had at least some of these qualities you're talking about. Wouldn't you automatically have a leg up in a place that has a small, kind of underdeveloped scene where you would instantly be the best band there? And they would latch on to you like that's and ours. everybody like that's them, like because you people always say like, oh well, like Austin or whatever, like let's go to Austin and start a band. But really, like that's the antithesis because if you go to a place where everybody's in a mm-hmm. fucking band, it's like if I were to be like, I want to write moves, I'm gonna go to L.A. Like that's what everybody does. But like, yeah, guess what? You and seven million people are doing the same fucking thing. It almost sounds and- like. Um- like applying for a scholarship and checking the ethnicity box, you yeah. know, like if you're in San Antonio and you've got a chance to be a filmmaker or a musician or a band or whatever, this is a great place because it's untapped. And Los Angeles and New York is so saturated, you well, might like never, you may, you may never get out of there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, think, I think with any, and not just music, but any... But if the pond is murky and nobody sees you anyway, does it matter? Well, man, I think part of the problem is... That you have people, and I'm not speaking about anyone in particular, but like, is it people aren't on some level content with the power of that? Like, if you're in a small like city or a city that's a small market or it's not known for certain things, and you start to excel and you start to like, you know, create or the kind of whatever scene that starts to gel around you. But if nobody's fishing at that pond. No, no, but that's not the point I'm making, man. The point okay, I'm making sorry. is that like, those people, like in other words, if I'm in a band and my band starts taking off, everyone starts liking it and starts getting played in whatever, Dallas or in Houston, and maybe it gets paid on fucking K-Rock in LA for some reason by some fucking chance, right? Or something. What's the first thing, I'm not saying me personally, but what's the right. first thing a band to do? Let's move to fucking LA, man. Let's cash in now. 
Yeah. And that's the problem is because then they go over there and then what do they do? They fall into the same fucking traps. They get with the same producer. They get on fucking drugs. They get with fucking chicks. They lose their fucking focus. And it's gone because they're already bought into the fucking mm-hmm. myth. They're not just going, let's just stay here and do what we're going to do and yeah. be good at it. Put San Antonio on the map. And put it on the map and make the fucking people come to us because people will come to you. People will go to that. You know how many bands probably in the fucking mid-90s went to Seattle people oh, yeah. because they thought they were going to be like, oh, if we go there, they're just handing out. But the reality is how many bands were probably in Seattle at that time? How many of them were actually good, good or even got famous for that matter? There's probably lots of bands that were good even among the bands that were horrible, shitty stuff. Mm. I remember there was that period, right, when everyone was listening to, like, grunge music or whatever, and someone would inevitably find some CD, like, hey, check it out, man, I got the Mud Honey CD, and you listen to it, and you're like, ooh, that fucking sucks. Or whatever, right? There was always that band yeah, that, that you were supposed band. to like. Oh, no, dude, Pearl Jam's yeah. favorite band is fucking Mud Honey. Check them out, and you're like, oh. Garbage. You know, it's like, yeah, or you listen to, like, you know, funny, Pearl funny Jam's thing. favorite band was, like, the Chili Peppers, and you're like, eh. But it's the same thing. It's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's, it's not the thing that breeds that thing. I think... It, what you always talk about is the support helps build it that has to that infrastructure has to be there yeah. to do all the things that you're talking about which is kind of nurturing well it's to bring people the, to that pond support system because you have to have a way like you said to cut through the noise where yeah. again any of us could record an album and put it on the fucking internet no one will give a fuck ever it'll flow out in the fucking ether for the rest of eternity and no one will care because no one there's too much shit there Mm-hmm. There's have, probably a song that sounds exactly like whatever song you're putting out. There. Have you ever thought that bands list those bands on purpose so that they won't be at risk for being no, influenced by a band that's better than them? <laughs> so if like Pearl Jam was like our favorite band is Led Zeppelin, people are like oh Zeppelin's way better than them, you know. So <laughs> Tool Tool's genius was we love the Melvins and they're yeah. like the worst, Awful. absolutely yeah. worst. Because if oh, Tool had man. said they are influenced by Pink Floyd, they'd be like oh that's but, they but, they didn't get they didn't eclipse them so too them. bad. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But the evilness of that is that what happens. You go to see the Melvins, right? We go to see the, the Melvins because they're opening for Tool, and you watch them, and there's like ten seconds where you have to pretend like, oh yeah, I get it, man. I fucking get awesome. why Tool loves them. And then what happens is like, there's that guy who gets you us, and you listen to it, and you're like, nah, never mind. It fucking sucks. And there's that guy who's like, no, I get it, man. I fucking get it. Right. I can't play like Tool, but I can definitely play like the fucking Melvins. <laughs> so then you have these bands that sound like the fucking Melvins. It's like a band that's a copy of a copy. Yeah. You know, it's like it's some ridiculous. guy who loves Tool but realizes that Tool is influenced by Melvins and they can't play like Tool, so they listen to Melvins albums, learns their songs, and then write songs like the Melvins <laughs> the to try to sound style. like Tool. And it just sucks. Yeah. And that happens everywhere. Like, Can somebody tell me why the Trans Siberian Orchestra comes to San Antonio every year? It's such a big market for them. Three times. Now, if you now if you don't know that classic Christmas song, what other songs do you know from that? The one from the Midnight Express. I've never seen that. Great it's movie. entertaining. Great movie. It's entertaining. <laughs> and the violinist <laughs> the is fucking Express. hot. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I was going in a different direction. <laughs> what were you saying? Turkish Midnight drugs, Express. anybody? Turkish drugs? Midnight Express. <laughs> as soon as I said, I was like, that's not what I meant. But <laughs> I was trying to think. I don't remember any rock and roll songs. Yeah, it was Trans-Siberian. But... They did the whole soundtrack. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. It was like a musical. <laughs> but can I ask, what kind of audience, what kind of crowd yeah, goes good, to that good. show? Everything. Like, there's Old people. Really. Children. Dude, uh, one, one year we sat like two rows behind Eva Longoria and Tony Parker. Mm. And Tony Parker was like, "Oh my God, this is the best!" Oh, this is so fun. Eva Longoria was like, "Mm, "Fucking nails." Unbelievable. Yeah, it was weird. But I'm that was like, probably yeah, the deal breaker right there. Yeah. Like, what did you think of the show? This Man. is better than cheese. Man. 
I thought it was even tasted than frog legs. I don't know why you didn't like the show. I, I, I thought it was but, great. But it's fair enough I told Timmy you... and Pop and Manu they should come and see these guys play. <laughs> they should see. It's really good. They play like a team, like us. <laughs> but, um, but I've got to go. I've got a meeting with my agent. Mm. See you later. <laughs> Virginia. But, oh, oh, damn. But in your, oh. defen- in your defense, you like, like, Dwingy Mal- Malstrom. What's his name? Dwingy Zingy. Dwingy. And Steve Vai, like you like that type of like dramatic. I like Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. Seventeen string guitars and Uh, playing with your toes. When Steve Vai was here, when Steve Vai was here, that was fucking awesome, man. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying in your defense of liking that type of music, you like that kind of. Yeah, I like virtuoso kind of stuff. Yeah, you like that. Well, it's not mine. It's it's one of my favorites. What's it's that is your favorite? It's one of my top five favorite genres. No, no, no. What is the genre? Better than Ezra? What? Better than Ezra. There's nothing wrong with yeah, better than Ezra. <laughs> yeah. What what, what yeah, genre is Steve Vai, by the way? If you had to, I would just if call you had to categorize vir- virtuoso it. music. So if back in the day when they actually made like genres at like Sound Warehouse or whatever, like and you had to stick it in a section, would it be it's not rock. They, it's not no, they they rock. always they label it as just rock. But I wouldn't. I would say it's got its own like like you said, Nuigi Malmstein Malmstein. Right, Z- uh, Ziggy Marley. No, not Ziggy, Ziggy Marley. Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> Ziggy Panda. No, like oh. Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, Eric Johnson, whoever is played in G three. Basically, what's G three? G three is like guitar the players Summit? three. It's it's kind of like a tour that the top three guitar players of all time or whatever. I don't know. Do any of those songs have words? Some of them do, and and Steve Vai is not a good singer, but it like is I that the bald guy? Yes, he's now. Well, no, Satriani's bald. Who's the long Steve hair? I can never get those hair. guys straight ever. Yeah, every the guy with garbage. Every episode we talk about those <laughs> Butch guys. Butch Big. <laughs> He's the guy with the. Yeah. Soul patch. Yeah. So Martin. Steve Vai is the guy that looks like Rick Springfield when he was young. Steve Vai's got long hair. Oh wow. So Satriani's so Satriani's Mr. Tongue then, oh, right? Satriani, that's the one that looks like a dick. Well, they both. Dude, there he is. There's Mr. Like, it's like where Bill, Billy Howard L stole his old image <laughs> right there. <laughs> no, if you if you can find it, and it's hard to find it, but if you can find Crossroads, not the the Ralph Macchio. Right here, Rick. The Ralph Macchio. Look how cool yes, that is. You. Look how cool that it's looks. Like Maynard. If you can find the Crossroads Ralph, Ralph Macchio movie. It says G three on the yeah. On the yeah thing. Dude, what does that mean? It's the it's summit. Guitar dude, players three. There. It's whichever top two. three You're guitar so players out of it, go, on to, go, on, go on tour. Get with it, Mike. Usually it's it's more often than not it's Steve Idris, Satriani, and Eric Johnson. Who's Eric Johnson? The, does he play for the Chiefs? Virtuoso as well. I don't know. I've never paid wow. much attention to him. So anyway. if he, so if Hendrix was alive, he'd be in there. And so would yeah. uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan would be oh, in yeah. there. Yeah, but they Not had these vocals. Guys. They had more vocals. How about these Dweezil? guys are more instrumental. Like, would Dweezil be in there? I honestly have to say I've never heard Dweezil's music, mm. and I've never really heard Frank's music either. I'm not a Zappa fan. Mm. They're weird. Remember we looked up like his best albums and we didn't know any of them. We're like, we looked up like Frank not, Zappa's oh, album. Right. We're trying to figure out if we ever actually heard one of his songs. And we looked up his entire, it was like a list of his best 20 albums. <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> not a name. single one. Look not at that a, face. Oh! Oh! That's great. Sorry, kids. That was that. Oh, good, good, serious guitar face. Why does he wear, does he not have eyes? Is he blind? <laughs> he's, that would be cool. he's surfing Lord with the alien. Fishburne's opposite. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like a negative. The fucking, uh, <laughs> what's that guy's name? <laughs> what's that guy's name from the movie? Morpheus. Morpheus. 
Wow. But if you can find Crossroads with Ralph Macchio, Steve Vai comes out at the end. He plays the devil's advocate. He's the devil's advocate. He's the the guitar player. Why doesn't the devil play himself? Because the devil doesn't know how to play. He stole stole Jack Butler's soul, and that's who Steve Vai is, is Jack Butler. He stole the soul of a guitarist. Yes, basically, Jack. It, the story is Jack Butler a long time ago was at the crossroads, made, made a deal with the devil. I want to be the best guitar player ever. Right. Devil this said, is Steve I. Deal. Done. You're okay. it. I want and your it's soul, Steve though. I. I get your soul. And I get your soul. And okay. Steve I was like, I'm fine with that. Why would anyone so, sell their soul, by the way? Like, literally. Because I am soul. nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> so fast forward, and this, this blues guitar player does the same thing. And he makes the old it, man. The old man. Mm-hmm. And Kenny Glover. <laughs> No, not Danny Glover. <laughs> it's not. Da- I thought it was Danny Glover. No, it's Who is not. It? I don't know. I don't Who? know his name, but it's the not Danny Glover. The guy that plays the old man. Isn't Danny Glover? In what? Glover? In Crossroads. I've never seen that. Look it up. Look cross- it. Crossroads Britney with Spears. Britney Spears? No, no not that Look up that, that movie while he's telling me the, the synopsis. So anyway, so <clears throat> the story is he sells his soul, blah, blah, blah. Things don't turn out right for him. He's getting old. He's about to die. And he's like, I don't want to get my soul sold to the devil. I don't want to go to hell. So he runs across this guy, or rather the opposite way. Uh, Ralph Macchio is a slide guitar player and he looks for the king of slide guitar and he finds this guy in <laughs> an old folks home there's basically a, there's somebody with that title yeah pretty much you guys starring, the king of slide starring Ralph Macchio Joe Seneca and Jamie Gertz nice. the film That's was written cool. by John Fusco and directed by Walter Hill and features an original score by Rye Cooter and Steve I I like Walter Hill though on the oh, right, soundtrack hours, another, another Streets of Fire Walter so, Hill so anyway who is Danny Glover though it's not, Danny like, Glover the second person you named Anyway. Uh, I don't see him on here. IMDb? I'm a douchebag. IMDb. All right, keep going, keep going. Anyway, Danny so Glover is not listed in the <laughs> cast. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, but he should have been. We should recast him. Okay, so this was a 19, 1986 movie, by the way. Mm. Uh, let's see. Joe Seneca is who you're saying is Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> totally not Danny Glover, but I can see the resemblance. <laughs> if Danny Glover had a... Big gray beard on <laughs> in '86. Yeah, which we I saw Danny Glover not too long ago, and he does not look like that. You so even now, like you saw him at the s- convention center. Yeah, the Comic Con. Oh, that's yeah. right. I just made that up. I forgot. You actually yeah. did see him at I the Comic Con. The, Comic-Con. the one that he hooked us up for. The one he sticked me for. Yeah, I tried. I tried. <clears throat> Steve. That's I a tried. Steve. That's a Steve. Okay, yes. Actually, we can talk did about a Steve. Steve later. Okay, well that'll that'll preempt. Anyway, so Ralph Macchio says, "I will help you save your soul." I will go down the to the crossroads and I will play the devil's advocate. I will fight right, right, right. for your the soul. Guitar battle. I'll save the guitar your soul, battle. boy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So he goes up to you know Jack Butler. But who determines who wins? Like you just give up. The audience. Like... The the audience in hell. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> they which, pick the devil? which in a very racist way is nothing but black people, <laughs> which is wow. incredibly horrible. Mario. <laughs> well, because like the idea is, there. is is what Delta like Delta something. I don't even know. By you. Yeah, up. pretty much. It feels like that. I don't know. You just made that up. <laughs> I no. It's like it mentioned it in one of the one of the synopsises, but mm. I didn't get to read the whole thing. Synopsises. Synopsi. Snipsies. Snipses. Um. So anyway, so he goes to to do battle, and de battle, and he goes to de battle. <laughs> he goes to do battle. I'm gonna de battle you, my friend. <laughs> and Steve, I just like totally goes nuts. Does it's, he have an electric guitar? Or an yeah, acoustic? he has an electric guitar. Ralph Macchio has into? an acoustic. What's it plugged into? An amp. It's hell. What's I don't the know, air plugged into? What TV show used Fire. guitars as weapons and like notes would come out of the guitar? The speaker. I don't know. <laughs> what was the that? Gem. Gem, right? Probably. 
Anyway, so the so Steve I just goes crazy, right? And it looks like Steve I's one. Rob is the guitar steam? on the slide guitar. Is it steam? No. Catch on fire. No, it's a seven string Ibanez. Anyway. Whoa. In your face. Seven in my string face. Ibanez. Which is plug. Which Shameless is, plug. No, no, it's 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 a Steve I creation too. It's a signature nice. series. That's one corn plays. Sorry. I was just playing a sample of one of their songs. <laughs> Sorry for your ears, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it seems like he's it seems like he's one. Now Ralph Macchio has classical guitar instruction. So he goes off on this classical riff and then they like do the dueling banjos kind of thing. Where is it it's, going? It's, I don't know. I, at this point I have no idea. You wanted me to keep going, so I'm I still going. I just asked if Danny Glover was in the movie. That's all I asked. <laughs> So who wins? Who Ralph wins? Macchio. Ralph Macchio always movie. wins. Yeah, yeah he's, does he do you the crane kick? The <laughs> what is ja- what is Jamie Jerds doing this whole time? I don't even. I honestly don't even remember her in this movie. What? Was she the one from Lost be, Boys? Yes, oh. that's the yeah, only reason awesome. I would want to watch her, the But movie. I don't even remember. Like they separate halfway through. She's the, movie. the girl in the picture. I know she's. She maybe takes up twenty minutes of screen You're like, time. Like I just came for Steve Vai. Show up for the last twenty minutes. Groupie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Like, she existed for 20 minutes. That was it. Mm. After that, she didn't matter. Mm. She's a siren. I mean, she's attractive. I don't want to live in a world where Jamie Gertz doesn't matter, Mario. I know. She's... We got Kyle's. Nice cheekbones. (laughs) You know what I finally saw recently? It was uh, fairly recently. Angel Heart. Remember that? No. It's it's, uh, with um, Mickey Rourke. Looking this up, too. And I th- he's like pre pre melted face. Yeah, oh. This one he was good looking. This is like nine and a half. All one word. Face. Angel heart. He's good looking. Words, Angel yeah. heart. And De Niro. Lisa Bonet is. If oh. you're into naked Lisa Bonet, she's naked. Was throughout. this the controversial? Yes, one? where she it was during the uh, Cosby oh, Show. Like no. it was a big deal. Wow. Because she comes down to New Orleans and he gets hired by the guy. The guy's like, his name's not. The devil, but it's like may as well be the. It's like Mister Fisto. <laughs> like, it's that kind of name. He gets hired by the devil to do something. It's Is like that the old Mike Patton band? <laughs> it's like Santeria, all this stuff. But there's just a lot of blood and I a don't lot of practice naked. Santeria. Yeah, it's, tr- it's bizarre. Nice. And then she goes. You can't do that, devil. Mario. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Speaking it's a good movie. Voodoo movies. What about the seven? Oh, I'm drawing a blank here. Snake movies. Serpent in the Rainbow. Serp- oh, oh, yeah. Mentioned that's the one that. I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Nice. About that. Love that movie. Yes. Yeah. Bill Pullman. <clears throat> yep. Lone played star. a great dead person for a little while there. Getting after a nice Creole. Tasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's always taste. like those movies. Like, uh, was the other one like that? Not like that, but like the Skeleton Key. Did you ever see that one? Kate Hudson. Similar thing, and they're in New Orleans, and they get in the voodoo stuff. And voodoo's, that made me not want to go to scary. New Orleans. No, New Orleans is awesome, but you just I don't love New fuck Orleans. with voodoo priestess. No, no. But it, they always do it. Like, the first thing they tell you in a movie, and they're like, you can't film or take pictures of our actual fucking, our rituals. And what do they do? Click. Like, you're going to get you, dude. They're going to get you. They're going to fucking put a chicken head on your fucking table. Like, it's just don't not listen. <clears throat> You know? Yeah. It's like when people are like, don't go to the bad side of town. It's like, yeah, if you're, as long as you're not a douche, you're probably okay. Just <laughs> don't be a fucking dickhead. Yeah. Most places, that's in general. Like, there's some places you can't avoid yeah. in the world even, right? <laughs> right? You can't avoid horrible shit. But for the most part, if you're not a dickhead, yeah. You'll things, be fine. generally you might be okay. things are okay. But tell generally. us more about the seedier side of New Orleans. I mean, you know, is there some really whacked out craziness? Just, well, there's, uh, remember we went to the voodoo shop? Yeah. 
Not, I don't think that's the, the underbelly because it was like a shop. It was like it was next to the Boondock Saint Bar. Okay. So that gives you an idea <laughs> of how tuned in it is. But yeah, they had like the voodoo shop one into where it was like one of those things where it's like don't touch anything, and it's not because it's like gonna get you, but it's like don't touch it because it's expensive and you have to okay. buy it. And they're like the thing I did like is on the walls. It's like if you steal something, you're gonna get something back at you you know what i mean like they're gonna like they, why would they you just let you know there's behind the layers yeah, like, of fun why would is, uh, you steal something from a voodoo shop like because people are dicks dude like it's probably like more often than not people are dicks do they need to be keyed <laughs> their soul needs to be keyed. i like that that's like that's like a hellraiser movie, <laughs> movie poster it's like i've come to key your soul <laughs> reformat your disc they Howard. have like uh what's his name what's his name uh the pinhead instead of pinheads or keys <laughs> <laughs> he's like <laughs> come outside he's just rubbing his head on those heart. dark overlords are gonna get you Howard Howard oh man it's just a case of indigestion <laughs> <laughs> if you can't take the heat get out of the kitchen <laughs> Hey, Jack, give me your license. <laughs> I have no license. When he's like, I am not Jack. <laughs> he's like, stay back, space rabies. <laughs> bite people. Little oh. waterfowl. <laughs> oh, man. Why would they not bring Leah Thompson back for that, oh, for that movie? She's, still, she's mm. still attractive, dude. Well, lucky for her, Mario, that she can be objectified <laughs> by you. I would still do it. I'd still do it. Good for her that her objectification <laughs> isn't running dry in your book. They yet. should put her in the... I was talking about was her, her phenomenal purpose. acting. That was her only purpose in that movie. She was... Was to run around in her underwear with yeah. a duck? They had to take oh, yes. out the sex scene, right? Because it was yeah. too... That was actually a sex scene. George Lucas, man. He's nuts. Yeah. He's a perv. First, the... Sl- the Leia... The Leia Mario bondage, bondage scene. outfit. And then I play a role, people. I play a role. <laughs> yes, that's a perfect. What you say with your whips? We're gonna Chain, role play now. Chicks, dips, chains, whips. Did you guys do any uh, San Antonio horror segments? Like uh, going back to the old uh, railroad tracks? Or? We did a Halloween episode. We did a triumvirate. Yeah, we did three episodes. Yeah, we we uh, and we still didn't touch on everything. But yeah. you were you in spirit. You made a cameo. Oh, we yes. talked about that's right. The that's tracks. right. Nice. I think the first time we ever went was in with you. Right in the wheels. Yeah. That's and right. that's, is that the time we went when there was like 50 people there and it was like, or was it actually no, empty? No, I think went? it was empty. Yeah. I think there might have been one other car. We chickened around. out because we didn't actually do the whole thing. We didn't like put it in neutral. We didn't put it in neutral. I don't even think we turned off your like your, your uh, van or whatever. I thought we did. Did we? I thought we did this with the Chevelle one time uh, where you had the auto lights uh, where you could like, oh no, <laughs> power it out. <laughs> Fake out. Man. But yes, we did touch on that. I don't know. We touched on a little bit of that. I want to rip your ass, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> and when Mike is back. Uh, so what else? What else? what else? what else can we swing Bondage. around? Bondage. Well, actually, Cameo <laughs> Theater. Cameo. In the I 90s. never went there. I remember you guys went Scott. there. I never went there. Yeah. That's right. Should we, some of that we... stuff is still going around these days. Yeah, because it was like those shows, like bondage shows and stuff, right? Bizarre. Right, right, right up your alley, The Mark. proprietor of Freetail Brewing. Yeah. Was into bondage. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Delete. Man, <laughs> fuck. Is that what you were saying? Is that what you're. <laughs> yeah. Scott, imagine this. Scott. <laughs> Scott. Scott Metzger. <laughs> Man. Disgusting. 18 years old. 18 years old. Filth. Teenagers just dressed in jeans and like whatever regular <laughs> Sears bought, you know. 
buttoned-down collared shirts that we had walking into a bonded ship. <laughs> but it was like Leather. a thing they did like every oh, week no, or yeah, something. It was, crazy. It, was like it was an a, actual show. And it was like music and stuff. And, you know, Cameo Theater was, what, an old church? Mm-hmm. Which oh, made it even more bizarre. Yeah, that was right there on was it, Commerce, right? right where Sunset right Station off. is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I have fond memories of some guy up there with, you know, crucifixion style <laughs> getting nails pictures oh, of his skin man. just loving it front 242 playing in the background just <laughs> front 242 insanity Jim Rose sideshow and circus and getting the looks like okay you guys are next because you guys look like fucking tools <laughs> like, like you were the weirdos yeah. like, we're normal you guys are weird your sh- that? structure shirt there was that place that <laughs> Nigel loved uh, Broadway News did you ever go there I went there to buy Home a comic book a magazine once. Yeah, it was a big magazine and movie store. I remember. Was it erotic? I didn't. I don't know. It's not next to Virginia's fashion store. Oh, <laughs> you better watch out, man. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to get beaten up, man. <laughs> well, I think we've reached probably the end of this episode. We're at an hour 24, guys. You'll probably, you'll probably be cutting edit, some out. Edit, edit, yeah, I'm going to edit some out. We're going to be like an hour. On the cutting room floor. If you <laughs> guys, if you guys want, if you want access to the cutout stuff, <laughs> you can pay for premium podcasts. You can cut after Terminator. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what we talked about. Uh, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for uh, tuning into the mix tuning bag. Tuning in again. We'll, volume two. We will have one right after this. We're going to follow up with a couple of yeah, yeah, I think yeah. So. We there won't be a no. break. There won't be a break in between our releases, is what I mean. We'll see you soon. No, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> actually, this is it. Signing off. Goodbye. Glad, We've actually glad decided to be part of the last show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Everything We've was running shut, smooth until you got d- here. Due to a couple libel <laughs> pending lawsuits oh, we got man. going. FCC's man. at the door. Yes, uh, we're driving around in the Jeep uh, with our transmitter, why? literally, us oh, and Samantha Mathis. Nice. If I don't see you before Easter, have a good one. <laughs> good times, everybody. Patrick. Good times. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, you know where to find us. Uh, check the show notes. Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram. Oh. Have a good one.